turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Praising. This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast and I pray it's being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. It's called being imitators of Christ. The Bible tells all of us who are part of the body of Christ to be imitators of Christ. One of the many reasons why we're told to be imitators of Him is because Jesus Christ is the head of the church. The head leads and guides the body in the direction that it should go. The body is supposed to follow the leading and direction of the head. God designed the body of Christ to operate the same way. We Christians, who are the body of Christ, are supposed to do the same thing that our head, Jesus Christ, does. We're to follow the lead of our head, Jesus, and do whatever our head, Jesus, communicates to us, his body, that we should do. Whatever our head, Jesus, does, we're supposed to follow his lead and do. Whatever the head, Jesus, doesn't do, we're supposed to follow his lead and not do too. God wants all of us to be imitators of Christ so that we can live the kind of life that he desires us to live. So without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called being imitators of Christ. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. Verse 3, according as his divine power have given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that has called us, invited us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be, oh my goodness, partakers of the divine nature. Partakers of the divine nature. God said, I'm going to give you my divine nature. The word divine means godlike. I'm going to give you a godlike nature. Why? Because when you have my nature, you'll be able to do what I do without struggle or difficulty to you. You know, because cats meow because that's their nature. You don't have to teach them or train them how to do. No, train, no cat is over there saying, mm, I got that wrong. I was supposed to meow. No, they meow all the time. Dogs bark because that's their nature. Frogs leap because that's their nature. And when you got a godlike nature, you won't sin. And you won't have to struggle and strain. It won't be no pain. You won't have to be biting your fingernails off, taking no cold showers too. You'll be able to just lay this thing out because that's just you. And when that just becomes you, come on, listen. When that just becomes you, then that means for you to do what you used to do means that you're going to have to act like you somebody else other than who you are. When you go back and do what you used to do, that means you're going to act like somebody that you're not. Is anybody hearing me up in here? That's where the faking and pretending going on. Pastor, I don't want to come up in there and be doing that because I don't be no hypocrite. You already are. You're acting like somebody you're not because you are a child of God. You are a person that is victorious and shining and glorious. You're a person that's a chip off the old rock. And if he didn't do it, you can't do it. You don't do it either, which means that when you do it, that's when you're being hypocritical. If you at a club, you're being hypocritical. If you over at the bar, you're being hypocritical. 
Don't get mad at me while the teacher real good. Praise God. When you stand out of church, when you're supposed to be a church, that's when you're being hypocritical. You're not being hypocritical when you come up in here because God designed this whole thing for you. You're being hypocritical when you don't show up. That's when you're being hypocritical. So if you want to stop being a hypocrite, show up every week. Praise God. Is anybody hearing me up in here? Because that's what children of God do. Children be in their father's house. Is anybody hearing me up in here? That's why Satan created a society that where kids ain't been, in, ain't been around their father, ain't been in their father's house, to be able to create a society that matches what he's about. He's as far away from the father as he could be, so he's going to try to make sure you be as far away from the father as you could be, to the point that you can be a person that don't even know your daddy. Praise God. Hallelujah. Isn't that something? Even living in the same house and don't know your daddy. Praise God. Hallelujah. Just like we keep showing up to the house of God and still don't know our daddy. But God said, I'm about to correct all of that. I'm excited about that. God's about to correct all of that. Why is that? Because when you pick up his nature, it opens up an awesome door for you. Let's look at that door that's opened up for you. He says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is the world through lust. That when we pick up his nature, we can escape, get away from, don't get caught up in. The, the, the corruption that's in this world, all the decay, the ruin, and the crazy stuff that's going on in this world, it don't have to happen to me and you. Why? Because when we learn what we're supposed to learn about God our Father, it'll tef, Teflon coat me and you to the point. That's, that's right. That's right. People don't cook nowadays. Praise God. Teflon coat me and you. Praise God. That's why it's a surface that's over the pan and makes sure that the food don't stick. <laughs> Is it in the microwave? No, no. It's, it's the one for the stove. Praise God. Praise God. And amen, let's just move on past this example. Just Google it. Praise God. I'm talking to the wrong crew. Praise God. But God wants, I got to use it. That's all I know. He's going to Teflon coat me and you in such a way where the world don't stick on me and you. Whereas we can be in a world, but we don't become of that world. We won't do what they do because we live in this. That's what Jesus did. Remember, he walked this world and never did what they do. Even though he was right there with the wine bibbers, right there with the whores, right there with the harlots, right there with all the uh, people that was ripping off money too. He was right there with them, but he didn't try to sip up nothing either too. Just because he was with the wine bibbers, you don't see no place in scripture where he was drinking Boone's Farm. Are you listening to me up in here? Hallelujah. Well, he made wine. He didn't drink wine. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. But that's another teaching. I ain't going to get into that. Because he was a king. They don't do that. Kings didn't do that. Praise God. He also had a Nazarene vow. He didn't do that either. Praise God. That's why he was called a Nazarite, because he, was a na- he made a Nazarene vow that he didn't do that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Anyway, we move on. But the reason why he, we could do that goes back up to verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that had obtained like precious faith. They have obtained like precious faith, which means when we obtain like precious faith, that gives us the ability to be able to do all of these things that we've told to do. Now, the word obtained right there means determined, determined, that we now have determined like precious faith, that as a result of our obtaining or our determining, we have like precious faith. Like who? Like the other brothers and sisters that's living this thing like they ought to, like the ones that are being imitators of Christ like he wants to. He wants us to obtain like precious faith. The word attained means determined, determined. By implication, it means received, which means when you receive it, something's determined. The implication is is that it has not been received until it's been determined. It has not been received until it's been determined. See, God wants us to continue to receive knowledge of him until it's been determined who he is, 
until it's been determined what he likes, until it's been determined what he thinks is right and what thinks is wrong. Because if we can say we received the information. Oh, yeah, I received that, Pastor. No, you didn't. Because if you did, you'd stop. If you did, you'd back away. The fact that you didn't back away, show you didn't receive it. Show you heard it. You might have heard it, but you didn't receive it. You, you was there, but it never got up in here. Because once it gets up in here, it changes everything. Because now it's determined. The word determined means settled and resolved. The word determined means settled and resolved. See, studying the word of God affords us the ability to resolve matters, to determine matters. That's the reason why we study the word of God, so stuff can be settled. That's why we study the word of God, so things can be resolved. That's one of the things that's happening when you come up to church every time, at least a church like this, is stuff is getting resolved. Stuff is getting determined. Can I put it this way? Stuff is getting nailed down. So it don't be slipping and sliding all around, you know, based upon the winds of doctrine that blow your way. That says today it's not okay and tomorrow it is okay. And this, but these people say it's okay, but this church said not okay. But this, these people over here said it is okay. Hold, God said, hold on. I want to settle some stuff for you. See, I'm excited about this day the time we're living in right now in the church. Because we're living right at the cusp. I said the cusp, the cusp, the cusp. Not cusp, cusp. The cusp of what it is that God's about to do. God's about to must a move up in the middle of his church that's going to blow some minds too. But before he do that, within this little pocket of time that we're living in right now at this time, God's settling things in his church. He's settling things in his church. Not just the church corporate, but the church individual. He's coming to each of us to settle some things. Settle what? What do I say about a thing? Because you call me Lord, Lord, and I do what I say. And the reason why is because it's not settled in you, what I say. But God's about to settle some things on the inside of us. So at that point, there's no more question in our mind about what God wants us to do with ourselves. No more question in our mind what, how he wants us to conduct ourselves. No more question about who we can marry, who we can't marry, no, who we can lay with, who we can play with. No more questions about who we can shack up with. No more questions about whether I should be in church, not be in church. No more questions about whether I should tithe, whether I should not tithe, whether I should give, whether I should not give, how I should live, where should I do, what should I do, which way, which way, which way do I go and what do I do? God said, I'm about to settle some things. Resolve some things in such a way that these gonna solve some things. Questions that might have been in the back of my mind. God said, I'm about to solve that thing at this time. So at that point in time, there will be no question what you should do. So that from that moment forward, if you do anything other than what he said do, he said it is because you chose to, not because you didn't know to. God's settling some things up in his church. That's why I love a church like this, because God's getting some stuff done. God's reaching his mighty hand into the middle of the place and letting some stuff be get done so it can solve some things. Because there's winds of doctrine all over the place about all kinds of stuff in relationship to Christianity. But God said, I'm about to settle some things. I want you to know exactly what I say about things so that you can know exactly what I think so we can live a life that don't stink. Is anybody hearing me up in here? Thank you, Lord Jesus, for you. Somebody say, I'll take some of that. He wants to settle some things. Because behaviors should never be, because there are behaviors that the church of the living God are doing that should be not, not what they should be doing. 
But when you're asleep, oblivious to what's going on around you, God said, I understand why you're there. Because you're living in your own world someplace. Praise God, based upon a bunch of ideas in your head about what to do. God said, I'm about to settle some things. Can I talk? Before he settles things in our lives, he has to settle it in us first. Because God is a God that works inside out. Listen to me. God's a God that works inside out. When he saved you, delivered you, he did it from the inside first. And then it's going to work out from you so that it could be able to manifest in every area of your life too. I know you wanted him to straighten the life out first and work on you later. God said, no, I'm going to work on you first. And then I'm going to straighten everything out. Because think about it, if he, if he straightened it out in our lives and we still think all jacked up, then we're going to go back and do the same thing again. So he said, I'm going to solve that thing from within. Turn to, turn to Proverbs chapter 23, please. Woo-wee. This is going to be some good teaching up in, huh? up in here. It's going to be tight, but it's going to be right. Hundredfold back into your life in Jesus' name. Because some stuff about to get settled. Everybody say, I'll take some of that. Mm-hmm. We in Proverbs chapter 23. We're going to look here where God shows us a, a, a person who does what he doesn't want them to do. Hundredfold back into your life too. And why that person does what God doesn't want them to do. God's going to show you a person who does what it is that God doesn't want them to do. And he's going to show you why that person does what it is they do. And, 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 I love a God. This is also going to show you and what he gave to make sure that that don't have to be you. What he provided to make sure that that never becomes you. God shows us a person who does what he does and, uh, and doesn't want him to do. And he shows why he does it so that the same thing won't ever be named by you. Because this verse is going to show us that what a man thinks inside will determine what he or she will or will not do or get into. Let's look at verse 7. Proverbs chapter 23, which once again is teaching the king how to be a king. It's teaching the king how to be a king. Verse 7, it says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. Which means we can say stuff with our mouth that ain't really in our heart. We can do something outwardly that really does not exist inwardly. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you can look at a person and say, oh, hi, I'm so glad to see you. You know. You know. No, you're not. In fact, you thought if you'd never see them again, that would still be too soon. And here they come, hi, hi. Because you can say something with your mouth that's not within. Are you listening to me up in here? Because the inside and the outside ain't matching. God's a God that looks inside first before he pays attention outside. Looks inside first. He looks inside. He look at what's in your heart to be able to determine who you really are in terms of how you conduct in yourself and stuff like that. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. This means this is an inside job. It's what goes on inside of a person. And see, unfortunately, Church of the Living God got one thing on the inside, another thing on the outside. They say I'm going to stay right and I'm going to do what I want to do, but there's a whole other thought on the inside that makes it so they don't do what they say they're going to do. Even when they want to for real and even mean to for real. Because some of us sincerely say, I don't want to do that no more. I don't want to get caught up in that no more. I don't want to be bothered with that no more. But we get back into that no more. And then we say, I don't understand. I don't know why I'm doing what I do. Can I help you? I do. It's because you still think on the inside something that's causing you to do on the outside something you don't want to do. In your heart, you still think it's right. 
In your heart, you still think it's enjoyable. In your heart, you still think it's pleasurable. In your heart, you still think it's what you should do. Even though you heard teaching, even though people have said stuff that says that's not what you're supposed to do, you might even have came into agreement with them in your head, but you haven't come into agreement with them in your heart yet. Because out of the heart flows the issues of life. That word issues in the literal Greek means boundaries. It's the boundaries of life. Your boundaries are set by what's in your heart. I said your boundaries are set by what's in your heart. Which means that you can hear what you're supposed to do, have mental assent that that's what you should do, but then you'll see yourself doing something outside of what you decided to do. You decided to restrict yourself, reserve yourself, hold yourself in, but then you look around and you're doing it again. And you say, why is this still happening? You haven't reset the boundaries in your heart yet. Because your heart is still the same as it was before. You know you ain't supposed to do that. But you like it. You know you ain't supposed to do that. But you enjoy it. You know you ain't supposed to do that. Just one more time. One more time. And then, and then, and then if the teaching keeps bothering you about doing what you should not do and not doing what you should do, then you're like, you condemning me. You condemning me. No, 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 baby. That's not what nobody doing. Nobody condemning you. All that's being said is, is you're outside the boundaries of what you should do. The boundaries that God set, not the ones that were set by you. Because a lot of us turn around and reset boundaries with the aid and assistance of Satan. We reset boundaries from the way they should be to the way that we want them to be, that we can feel comfortable with it. Some of us that's can a little bit more in the gut section that we, that, than we should, we love that our seats recline. Because if we sit up straight with good posture, we, we get cut off in breath and get, come on, it's all uncomfortable. So we can just like hit, pull it back. Yeah, now this is what I'm talking about. Some of us, we almost laying down now while we drive it. We need a telescope. Praise God. If that's the one that come out of a, a, a submarine, what's that one? Huh? Periscope. We need a periscope, praise God, in order to drive our day. Because we leaning back so far. But we're comfortable. But God said, I didn't design this for you to be comfortable in your sin. God wants to remold you, reshape you into the person that he lives within. Is anybody hearing me up in here? It's as a man thinketh in his heart. That's what he's going to do, which means the heart is the issue. Praise God. That's what's going on. Because if a person has not settled in their heart, that sin is sin. And it's something that they ought not get in. Then they're going to be susceptible to doing and or continuing what they used to do because they don't think that way in their heart yet. Turn to Proverbs chapter six. My God, I hope you got an ear to hear what the Lord is sharing with you out of his word. Proverbs chapter six. This is what you heard. It's out of his word. See, whatsoever evil that a person does is because of the evil that's in their heart. Whatsoever evil that a person does is because of the evil that's in their heart. Does that make sense? Not the evil that they are but the evil that's in their heart. Does that make sense? Proverbs chapter six, let's start reading verse 20. Once again, this, that king teaching the king how to be a king, how to rule in life and not be ruled in life. Proverbs chapter six, verse 12, it says a naughty person. Everybody say naughty, naughty, naughty. A naughty person is a wicked man. Walketh with a forward mouth. Everybody say, mm, mm, mm. 
He winketh with his eyes. He speaketh with his feet. He teaches with his finger. When he says speaketh with his feet, the old folk used to put it like this. Actions speak louder than words. Which means his actions say more than what to, about who, what, what's really going on than anything. Because he speaketh with his feet. I don't like liquor. Then what you're doing in the bar? I don't like, I don't like smoking. Why are you smoking? Where is God? Hallelujah. Anyway, we just move on. Verse 14. And he tells you what the problem is in verse 14. Frowardness is in his heart. Now, the reason why he has a froward mouth, he's a naughty person and a wicked person. And the reason why his feet going to do stuff he ain't got no business doing is because frowardness is in his heart. Let's go back to verse 1. That's that naughty person. The word naughty means, this is deep, without profit, worthless. Without profit, worthless. Where is it talking about a naughty person? That they are without profit. That there's no benefit that comes from them. There's no profit that comes from them. They're worthless. In fact, it's quiet as kept. They will cost you. Somebody in here got to know what I'm talking about. Because they've been around a naughty person and it keeps costing them. It keeps costing you. They tear up stuff, mess up stuff. Then you got to bail them out of stuff. Whereas God, your money didn't. God has been providing you because you've been doing what you're supposed to. Now you got to pay them out of something, buy them out of something. Praise God. Why? Because they were naughty, naughty, naughty. They were <laughs> naughty. By extension, that word naughty means destructive and wicked. Destructive. So this naughty person right here, this person that God don't want us to be and don't want us to do, he's talking about this is a person that is naughty and they're destructive and they're wicked. Of course, the wicked comes from the word twisted, praise God, which means that it's no longer in the form that it was originally designed to be. But I'm going to get into that later. See, the things that a naughty person does are destructive. I said the thing that a naughty person does are destructive. Even when they're done by a Christian who's being naughty. Because it's the naughtiness, not the person. It's the naughtiness, not the person. That's why I got to put a pause button right here and I got to clearly explain this right right here. I'm going to. Praise God. I first got to pull up my stuff. Praise God. You know, like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Partner. Yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> one of the people, one of the things that Christians have problems with, in fact, the world itself has problems with too, is anytime a person talks about a person's naughtiness, the things they do, because Satan wants to conflate issues. He wants to mesh stuff together in such a way as when you speak about what the person does, they think you're talking about them. But see, we're not talking about them. We're talking about what you do. Because God can love you, but not love what you do. See, God loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. God loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. And so because of that, he wants to get rid of the sin so that he can enjoy this person without the sin. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. He loves the person. Just like you might love a little baby that's coming to you. The little baby might come and be you. And you're like, oh, look at that little baby. Ooh, ooh. And that baby running to you and you hold your hands out. And then as you come, a funk hits you. And you know they done dropped something serious up in the back of that, of that diaper. And in fact, with every step, you start seeing a little brown ooze out of the bottom of the diaper and stuff like that. And they trying to get on your white pants. They trying to get on it. Come on now. And they like, and you're like, oh, no, no, babe. Ho, ho. You keep them at arm. Ho, ho. We got to do something with this. Yes, God. You don't throw the baby out. You just get the poop up off of them. So that we can go ahead and hold them and hug them and love them like we want to. Poop free. Is anybody hammer up in here? 
Well, that's all that we have time for today. I hope that you are blessed by what the Word of God had to say. I hope that you learn a little bit more about what God wants all of us to do and be. That is, to be imitators of the God who made and saved you and me. I hope even more that you're learning about the things that we can do to be the imitators of God like he wants all of us to be and do. So, come on, y'all. Let's do what God wants all of us to do and imitate him like he's given us the privilege to do. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'll be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP. But it's always best when you can get it live. So if you're in or visiting San Antonio or surrounding areas, come on by and see us. Word of Faith Christian Center is located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 6.45, Saturday afternoons at 4.30, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation or you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. So come on through. You'll be blessed if you do. I guarantee you. We also invite all the young adults in San Antonio and surrounding areas to come out to our Young Adult Fellowship tomorrow evening. It's called GAA. That's short for Generation Anointed and a Fire. GAA is a young adult ministry with a different flavor for a different generation. It's a ministry for young adults, ages 18 through 30-ish, who come together to celebrate the awesomeness of being young, brilliant, beautiful, born again, and fired up for Christ. The fellowship starts at 7 p.m. and it lasts until they go home. AGW hanging. Childcare is provided at no charge. And VIB transportation services are available for this too. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. So come on through. You'll be so glad you did. It's just good to find some other young saints in San Antonio who are also walking this thing out God's way. Whoever thought that being young and saved is boring must not know G-Dub. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow.